We're using sound as a vehicle into silence. That's really the Trojan horse of it all. It's a red mm -hmm. herring. Um, we use sound as an entry point for us to connect with the vibrational nature of our own being and that mm. stillness and silence within. So that kind of connects to what you were saying about how you find your calm within the storm. Welcome to Jacqueline Explores, the podcast where we explore science, somatics, and social change. I'm your host, Jacqueline Shea. I am an embodiment coach, facilitator, researcher, and science communicator. After 10 years in public health and health tech, my own trauma healing journey brought me to somatics. In this podcast, I'll share the cutting edge science and somatic frameworks and tools that change my life and will help you feel better, move through stress, heal trauma, and live the life of your dreams. But that's not all. I'll also highlight why and how most individual issues have systemic roots and the social change work being done and needed to create a world in which we can all thrive. Let's explore. Today we have Allison Bag. She is a sound healer, breathwork facilitator, intuitive guide, and artist based in Los Angeles. She utilizes a plethora of modalities to help clients ground into their bodies, establish strong boundaries, and open portals to the magic and abundance within. Certified in gong, crystal alchemy, singing bowls, planetary chimes, and tuning forks, Allison aims to bring together both hemispheres of the brain in a beautiful marriage of science and spirit. Everything is vibration after all, and by tuning ourselves like instruments, we can heal everything from the physical on the cellular level, as well as the spiritual, energetic, and vibration vibrational forces within. Mm, welcome, Allison. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Hi, thank you for having me. What an mm. honor and privilege to be here. <laughs> mm. oh, what a cool intro. So I, I know you primarily as a sound healer and breathwork facilitator and part of your um, bi-monthly Zoom-based um, container. And I want to just kind of like open, open the floodgates because I imagine some people are like, what the heck is sound healing? What's breathwork? So can you tell us about sound healing breathwork? What are they? Totally, yes. Um, well, sound, um, I like to call it sound meditation a lot mm. of the time because, and apologies, there's a little dog here who just decided she feels the energy, she wants to get up and move. It's a vibrational experience for her too. Um, so yeah, sound meditation is just using sound as a vehicle to drop into a meditative state. So I always like to say that it's almost like a biohacking technique because a lot of people are familiar with other meditative, uh, maybe mantras or mindfulness or other practices, um, but sound is kind of the only one where there's nothing that you need to do because the sound actually does the work for you. So it provides an anchor, it provides kind of like a north star, a point of focus for your mind, your body, your spirit to kind of hone in on, which allows you to feel safe and secure to then drop into these deeper brainwave states. There's many other scientific kind of studies around why sound is such a great tool for meditation, um, but mostly it's because it 
and trains the brain to enter into a meditative state naturally. And this happens for everyone, including the practitioner or the person providing the sounds. So we all kind of enter into this trance together, which we all know to be true from experiencing concerts and other Mm. things like that. So it drops us into a meditative state naturally. And breath work is just another modality that I like to use to deepen our um, experience. I usually start every sound journey with breath work because it is a free tool we have available to us. So I always want to introduce and remind people of that, um, that you are your own healer and this is your practice. Um, we're just creating the space in the container. So breath work is a lovely tool because you can do an active breath experience or you can do a more um, uh, gentle experience, a relaxation technique. So it really depends on what you're doing. When people talk about breath work, they're often talking about the active experience of like creating this almost um, activated fight or flight state, um, which is not going to be for everybody and every body, but uh, it is a practice we can talk about a little bit later. But what I like to introduce in just my normal sound baths is um, a breath pattern that just slows down the heart rate, slows down kind of all of that internal involuntary system and drops us into rest and digest really naturally. So I find that it sets you up well to receive the sounds. So I like to Mm. link them. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of how, you know, um, we do yoga, we do the poses so that we can enter meditative states to sort of like it's it's actually supposed to be a like a pre-practice to meditation exactly yeah Yeah. it gets the kinks out yeah so the asana practice of yoga the movement practice was always kind of preparing the body preparing the mind to be able to drop into meditation so this idea that you can just come and sit down on your little cushion and in your little curated space in your Western world, having just sent off emails and been (laughs) looking at screens and then be able to just completely drop in is not honoring the lineage, nor is it really accessible to anyone unless that's a very traversed pathway because you've cultivated it over years and years of of study and meditation. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that a lot of people can be discouraged when they start on a meditation journey because they don't drop in that fast. They're having all these thoughts and you're going to have thoughts either way. And we'll get into that. But I will say there are a lot of things you can do to prepare to have a deeper experience. And some of that's movement. Some Mm -hmm. of that is breath. I mean, either way, vibration, introducing Mm -hmm. vibration into your experience, whether it's with breath, whether it's movement, um, it's going to deepen your, your, your ability to, to drop in. So yeah, I recommend it. Yeah. And I love that you said, um, you know, with sound meditations, it's sort of like the sound is doing the work for you. And I remember when I went to my first few sound meditations, that's kind of how I explained it to people. I was like, it, it just puts you into a meditative state. Like your brain just floats away and you like it, it just kind of like shuts things down in a way that makes a meditative experience more accessible. So, okay, I want to know, like, what is literally happening in our brains and bodies during a sound meditation? You mentioned in training our brain, brain waves. Like, can you unpack all of that for us? Sure, yeah. So um, 
It totally depends on the instruments that are being used, but for the most part, um, sound practitioners use instruments that are overtone emitting, and that means that they have several tones within the one sound. So that's why you'll see sound baths that have gongs or crystal bowls or Tibetan bowls or um, certain other very resonant instruments that have a reverberation or modulation or something that's creating these overtones. And that's because the overtones are kind of dropping us into the deeper meditative states. So um, you could do a sound bath with a guitar. You could do a sound Mm -hmm. bath with um, other instruments and people will still have a deep experience, but it's Um, the reason you see certain instruments over and over again is because of their overtone emitting quality, which is what creates this deeper meditative state because it entrains the brain to drop in. So when you hear a single tone, um, like a gong or like bowls that kind of have this just kind of clear, crisp tone, even with the overtones, um, it slows down the heart rate. It slows down the blood pressure. It slows down. It drops the temperature. Everything kind of lowers down, which is then activating your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest state. So in our normal waking life, we are in a beta brainwave state, which is active, alert, thinking mind. When we're a little more relaxed, we're in alpha. That's like um, somewhat related to like a hypnotic state that you would enter into when you're watching TV or driving a route that you're very familiar with and then you get home and you're like, I don't even remember the drive. Um, That's alpha. Alpha is beautiful. There's a lot of benefits to alpha and it's also connected with uh, the Schumann resonance, which is this frequency the earth emits that is really Mm. healing for animals and people and measurable and really we can get into that later. But it's cool that our brainwaves... Um, when we're in a relaxed state, are mirroring the way the earth emits this kind of beautiful frequency that we're all experiencing all the time. And it might even sound like a gong. It's just below our range of hearing, mm. um, which is cool to think about. And we can also talk about that in a moment. But when you, also, when you enter into meditation, you actually go deeper than alpha. You go into theta. Mm-hmm. And so I have done studies on myself and with people that have been receiving sound from me in the same room where we've both been hooked up to brain scans and we're Mm. in theta both of us we're all in theta together so I'm entering theta too and theta is this meditative state we also enter theta in sleep so a lot of people will feel very rested after a sound bath because of that because you are entering into similar brain waves that you enter into sleep a lot of people will say that a sound bath or meditation, or yoga nidra can be a replacement for sleep. I wouldn't go that far. Nothing will ever replace sleep, but you can get almost a full REM cycle in, um, Mm -hmm. in a shorter amount of time, in a truncated amount of time in meditation than if you were to be sleeping. So in a way, it does give you a little boost. Um, You'll traverse all of those brain waves throughout a sound meditation. It's not like you're going to be in theta the entire time. Um, And that's cool too. That's kind of why sometimes you have more lucid experiences in the sound journey and why you might feel as if you're asleep or fully fall asleep. So, you know, it's kind of a a whole range of experiences. But essentially, the, the, the overtones, the entrainment from the instruments 
is all dropping you into these states and your body knows exactly how to receive that. So I always say, get out of your own way, Mm -hmm. allow your body to naturally fall into this rhythm. Our bodies are always looking for a pulse to kind of latch onto. Um, We do create our own, of course. We have our, uh, we have this electricity that runs in our body. We have this pulse in our hearts that we measure with an EKG and a pulse in our brain we measure with an EEG. This is an electric charge, an electric pulse. Um, Women are also tuned to the moon and that is a pulse that Mm -hmm. kind of creates a rhythm uh, hormonally and also creates a rhythm for the earth with the tides and all that stuff too. So um, we're always kind of looking for something to to latch on to, and this is what entrainment is as well. It's like if there's a stronger pulse, we're gonna, our bodies are gonna be like, yes, I can relax into this. I don't have to create it on my own. That's less energy expended to kind of create this pulse. I'm gonna fall into this. Mm. And that's why often with groups of women too, there might be like an alpha woman that like all the women entrain to her cycle and then are all have periods together. That's a similar thing. It's it's like mirror neurons, if you've ever heard that term as well. And we do that psychologically with people. But similarly, when we hear music and a rhythm and a beat and a pulse, our bodies are like, yes, I can relax because I don't have to create my own anymore. Let me just fall into this. And with slower pulsing that you are getting from these instruments your body is going to fall into that rhythm. So Mm -hmm. again, it's like the sound is doing the work. There's nothing that you need to do. It's a hack into meditation. And this slowing down of everything is what allows for us to drop into a meditative state. There's a few other things within that in terms of like when we work with crystal bowls versus Tibetan bowls and what that is doing on the level of the body. And there's also a lot of scientific studies that are now kind of showing very directly like taking someone's blood before Mm -hmm. and after 20 minutes of gong and showing what that is doing on the cellular level. So there's a lot that can happen on both like an energetic and vibrational level, but also on a really physiological level. So I love this blood study with the gong because they showed that um, right before the gong, they looked at the person's blood and there was a little bit of bacteria floating around, like they had ma- most recently maybe been sick or had some inflammation. Their, their red blood cells were a little bit um, dehydrated, a little bit shriveled, and clumped together. So kind of like viscous, like it was thicker blood. Um, and then after 20 minutes of gong, that's it, just 20 minutes of gong, they took their blood again. The bacteria was pretty much gone. The blood was very, the blood cells were very plump and hydrated. Mm. They weren't as clumped together, so they were like flowing more freely, and therefore the blood had this like better flow and wasn't as viscous, which is really good for um, all kinds of inflammation and disease when you have a better flow like that. And so there was a few things that just within that study they were able to see very directly, um, which is so cool. So. I, I know that there's more and more studies being done in in, in this mm-hmm. field, but that was just a, very, a really beautiful example of what's going on on the level of the blood. And then on the level of like bones and tissues, there's like a deep tissue massage that happens. Our bones are uh, crystalline in nature. So when mm-hmm. they receive the sounds, especially of crystal bowls, it's like some sort of resonance happens. We don't often 
bathe in the sound of crystal. So it actually lights up your bones and it amplifies your electricity in your body. So again, I mentioned that pulse we have, that electric energy. Um, it gives you more juice in a way. So in a way, there's it's kind of like charging yourself like a phone, like plugging yourself in, giving yourself a little tune-up and getting a little bit more electricity. So those are just a few things, but there's like so much more to go into. And uh, yeah, I'm, I, everyone notices different things too. I mean, some people drop into deep rest. Some mm-hmm. people process a lot. Some people will have a lot of thoughts arising. They're really like working through something. There's almost this feeling of emptying that happens of like rinsing out anything that's ready to be released. So there's a lot that can happen energetically, vibrationally, physiologically, um, and looks different for every person. And it looks different every time for every person because we're always bringing something new to the table. You can never step into the same river twice. So it's a beautiful combination of multiple variables, whether it's the space, the people, the instruments, the facilitator, going to be different every time and so I always tell people also to trust in the experience to trust that they're getting the medicine that they need and not to really have expectations around how that might look or feel but to perhaps have an intention as kind of a north star guiding anchor as well um and then see where it takes you Mm. thank you for all that wow there's so much juiciness in there um yeah, I mean, just to piggyback on what you on this last bit of like, yeah, for me it's different every time, and sometimes I'm like totally in another dimension, and other times my brain is so active the whole time, and there's a little bit of frustration, and then when I leave it, I'm like, oh wait, no, I'm very blissed out. Like, yes, my brain didn't fully turn off in the way that I want to, but like, I'm in a different state. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have an aura ring, and it's it's like this tracker. And it's cool because, like, it will show the different sleep stages based on those different brain waves that you were talking about. And most of the time, I do, I do experience deep um, light and then REM, which deep is like, um, uh, oh my gosh, why am I blanking? Deep is which brain wave is that? I know theta is is REM sleep. Deep is. I don't know why I'm blanking on it, but basically, you know, different stages of sleep are associated with those different brain waves. It's probably Delta. Delta, Yes. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because I can kind of track like my, my, what my experience feels like and what the brain wave Mm -hmm. is like. And the times where I'm so just like, it feels like less thoughts, that's more deep. And the times Mm -hmm. where it's like, a little more dreamy floaty is theta um yeah i'm so i'm so fascinated about your like the the brain hookup scan that you did yeah that was cool i'll have to work with that guy again he um he's my brother's friend and he helps athletes Mm. uh learn how to get into a flow state and that is theta um so i love that you just were able to connect Well, first of all, noticing how it feels in the body and then having the data to see like what that that brainwave state actually is. And this reminds me of like in the yogic tradition, the the word om is supposed to represent all the states of Mm. consciousness. Um, So it's traditionally spelled A-U-M. And the A represents waking life. The U represents dream sleep. 
and the M represents deep sleep. And then the silence afterwards mm. is the fourth. It's the state from which they all arise. And that's kind of like the magic place where we go into meditation and then we can experience the whole range of waking, dream, deep. So mm -hmm. it's, I've never quite even put this together, but I suppose, you know, waking is like beta, maybe alpha, a little bit of high alpha. Mm -hmm. uh, dream is a little bit of the low alpha and theta and then deep sleep where there's like, you yeah. know, that not that dreamlike state, but you're like actually asleep is delta. Gamma is also like a high active mind, but it's also where a lot of like gurus and mm -hmm. like enlightened masters, they'll, they'll study them and they'll see that they're in gamma a lot of the time, which it's like almost like it's like a circle. It's like a spiral. It's a snake eating itself. So once you get to gamma, you're kind of already start getting into that delta yeah. already because it's like at that level of... Um, of deep awareness in a way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's so cool. I, I've always wanted to ask people who have like an Apple watch or an aura ring, like what they track and what they noticed. Um, yeah. so I love that you're doing those studies on your own. <laughs> yeah. And I really love, you know, what you were saying earlier about, you know, basically, um, sound meditations can help us drop into this rest and digest and I also facilitate Yoga Nidra, which I know you do. And so much of my work in somatics is, yes, helping people maybe in the moment shift into rest and digest, especially if we're triggered or activated, but that it's actually about over time experiencing more and more ease and shifting our baseline state. And so it's amazing when, you know, we do something like a sound bath and it feels so good and we're blissed out but it's not even necessarily just like what we experience in that one moment but that by doing these practices again and again and again our body more easily drops in our baseline changes over time to being much more calm and what you said about entrainment just like really clicked of like right like we you know whether it's like if someone is really activated in a room, our nervous system aligns with them. Like we really do, you know, our body and brain wants efficiency. So, mm -hmm. and, and we also evolve to, to be coordinated. Like we are collaborative beings. And so I'm just really simmering in this idea of like, how do, how do, an how does an individual shift their baseline? And also mm -hmm. like, how does that, change how we show up in groups so that like I have a stronger magnetic pull to this calmer rhythm and so maybe I'm less easily swept up in other paces oh this is that's so awesome I mean there's yeah I mean I always like to remind people that meditation in general is cumulative so mm -hmm. no matter how long it's been since you've sat on your meditation cushion or gone to a sound bath or this or that you will drop in faster and deeper every time, even if it's been 10 years. It's mind gym, and you're working those muscles, and you're getting that pathway, kind of you're getting those deep psychic grooves, you're rewiring things, you're kind of new synapses are firing, and that's cumulative over time. Um, I, I also like to remind people that, like, you know, we can show up in this 
hermetically sealed vacuum special (laughs) space where every aspect that can be controlled is and you're in this little special nest that you've created for yourself of cozy comfort and you're you know you're immersed in these beautiful sounds and of course you're going to feel blissed out and all these things but then you get in your car and then you're in traffic and that's where the meditation shows up um so ramdas has a quote that's like you think you're enlightened go spend a week with your family and we can do all the things in our meditation practice but it's how we then integrate it into our everyday life and so this is what kind of gets me riled up a little bit about people who are not integrating their experiences whether that's plant medicine I see it a lot in the plant medicine world and like no shade of course like uh, everyone's on their own path and journey but I I do think that integration and that spaciousness after you end the ohm (laughs) that's the Mm -hmm. magic and uh, this brings me to another point where we're using sound as a vehicle into silence. That's really the Trojan horse of it all. It's a red Mm -hmm. herring. Um, We use sound as an entry point for us to connect with the vibrational nature of our own being and that Mm -hmm. stillness and silence within. So that kind of connects to what you were saying about how you find your calm within the storm, how you're able to discern between what's yours, what's not yours, how you can enter into spaces and be sovereign in your energy and maybe notice and feel other people's but not necessarily take it on or try to process it for them or whatever that may be. Um, I always say it's like being a window and not a door. So Mm. a lot of highly sensitive people will take on other people's emotions, um, will, and it's a gift. It's absolutely a gift, but it's a double-edged sword because it can also feel like a burden and it only can be it it doesn't need to be a burden it's only really a burden if you try to process it for someone else or you're not discerning about whether or not it even is yours and so I always like to say there's a lot of people in the room um, because there's not just the people that are literally in the room but there's the energies at play there's ancestral trauma there's societal pressure, there's societal narratives. I mean, there's so much going on at any given moment and we're feeling it all because we are a collective. We are a, a, a community. I mean, and we're more connected than ever before. Sound has been utilized throughout every culture across time to bring people together for celebration and for ceremony. And that's because it, of all the things, it has an ability to bring everybody into the same brainwave state, to bring coherence, which is a word used a lot in the sound practitioner community, to bring coherence and harmony between the heart and the brain as well, which often are kind of running at their own, on their own different pulse and rhythm. And it also creates coherence between both hemispheres of the brain, which many things don't do. Sound utilizes the full um, the full brain. And so when it creates coherence internally, it then creates coherence communally. And so that's why it's also a lovely way to like bring people together um, and in this way to kind of amplify whatever the intention of the group is. So for celebration or ceremony, it's a beautiful tool. But yeah, I think ultimately it is an individual path of kind of figuring out what your home frequency is. That's 
of a term I like to use because we we use the sound as this entry point into silence and stillness within, into deep listening, deep inquiry. And from that place, we can start to be like, oh, I'm carrying this around. Is this mine? Yeah. Is this someone else's? If it's someone else's, maybe it's um, ancestral. Maybe Maybe it's my mom's. Maybe it's deeper than that. Maybe it's something I picked up scrolling social media today. Maybe it's my best friend. Maybe it's blah, 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 blah. So it's, it's, it's about discernment and also noticing, you know, and getting really clear on what is yours. And that way you can enter into every space in your normal waking everyday life. Um, being able to really understand and feel into that um, and hopefully then not take it on in the same way and then you know you, you you're able to bring your meditation practice into integration um, as because here we are we're living in busy bustling cities with lots of energy lots of things it's only going to get more chaotic mm-hmm. um, I always say that like this moment right now is simpler times like we yeah. always will, like Oh, remember like pre-Trump, like think about that. How wholesome mm-hmm. was that? Think about even Tiger King era of <laughs> of COVID. Like mm-hmm. it's only going to get more chaotic and crazy. So the, the key I think for everybody is to really own your own shit, get really comfortable with that, feel into it, and then not project it onto other people, but also be aware of all the projections that are around us all the time. And that's why meditation is so beneficial. Yeah. And what I love about sound meditation and, you know, just going to also reference yoga nidra because I think it, it can be very similar is it gives us a moment to sort of like take, like take things off. Sometimes it is more active and we're like processing, but it's like we all have a backpack of our own shit, other people's energies, like societal, you know, our lifetime of beliefs and worries and fears and wounds And it gives us a time to just set it down Mm. and to let our body really deeply relax. And then that helps us show up more fully. And especially for some of my clients who have experienced major trauma, like, you know, it might be just like a small reprieve from what they're processing and what they're going through. And it doesn't necessarily mean that, like, they have all the solutions now, but it's like a moment where their body can be like, I'm okay. And they could experience that stillness, that silence of just this brief, like, okayness. Mm. This brief, like, you know what? Life's fucking hard, but, like, in this moment, this is not so bad. Even if, like, once you kind of, like, wake up after it, like, it all comes back. But, yeah, like, and I think with sitting meditation, like we talked about in the beginning, it can be hard to drop in. So it's such a gift to be able to really have sound, have this deep guidance drop you in more. Oh, it's so true. And it's such an act of resistance in a world that's always asking us to do, to choose to just be and feel that that's enough and know your worth as, you know, like shedding all of that. And I love what you're saying about um, taking off the backpack. I often call it emptying. We come and we just empty and we just give it all away because we really do carry so much and in the receiving and in the surrendering and in the trust, 
we can cultivate a feeling of safety and security within to just be. And from yeah. that foundation, I mean, that is, that is setting us up for so our opening and expanding our container to receive mm. is it's such a, it's so hard. I mean, it's so much easier to give. Like I think in it, we can see this in yoga too. Like sometimes those positions where we just have to surrender like pigeon or just like completely collapse. It's much harder than holding a warrior pose. Um, and we haven't really ever been taught to receive and nor has it even been something that society has, um, valued. Our metrics of success are all around doing are all Mm -hmm. around, um, profits are all around output. And so the idea of rest is, well, first of all, I mean, I think the last several years have hopefully revolutionized that. And there are amazing people out there like the Nat ministry that are trying to, um, amplify and and give voice to the the deep healing especially for people of color around Mm -hmm. um rest and receiving and 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 how that's a revolutionary act and an act of resistance and in that it's such a beautiful and profound healing for the collective not only for you but in general um so i always love that and yoga nidra is like the ultimate for that um and you know to get super esoteric for a moment it's also a death practice Mm. and a lot of meditators that's kind of like the crux of the as you traverse down the path that ends up being kind of like the sankalpa or north star of meditation is ego death and 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 connecting with that part of you that is beyond the body, beyond this experience, the witness, um, the spirit, connecting with source and knowing Mm -hmm. that you are so much bigger than this experience and therefore it provides a sense of peace and something that you can kind of integrate into your everyday life knowing that this is a beautiful game that we play, um, not to get caught in the story and then that then you know, ripples out into your everyday life too. And that's how you can see your meditation practice really taking hold and having deep benefits. But yoga nidra, you know, is all about rest and receiving and kind of this bigger ego death that happens. Um, so within that, you know, I think it also provides deep healing for, especially for people that have had trauma, PTSD, um, cultivating that safety and security that you can receive um, that you can create that within yourself and, um, and, and also strengthening that pathway between your mind and body. A lot of people who start on the meditation path or are spiritual have a pattern of leaving their bodies. And so they feel really comfortable in these spaces where you do go into the astral. You do have these dreamlike, you know, cosmic experiences, which are beautiful. We love that. I love it. But I started to notice as I continued to to enjoy sound meditations and, and all these different modalities that actually what I really did need was grounding and was and was strengthening my connection to my body. So I think that that is also a really interesting thing to discuss because um, yeah. 
it's a pitfall. It's a pitfall of meditation. And if you have a tendency of dissociation, if you've had trauma in your past, and that was a, uh, a trajectory that served you because it was the most helpful thing in a situation that was unsafe, we honor that. Um, but we also notice if it's no longer in alignment and no longer serving us. And you can have a very active astral world, but we are here embodied now. And there are lessons to be learned from earth school. And (laughs) so we can extend even higher too when we're grounded and connected through our bodies. So I find that often the trajectory on this spiritual path is at first seeking this astral experience, cosmic experience, wanting to connect with source and be out of our bodies. And then we come to realize actually the pathway is through the body, through this embodied experience. And so I love Yoga Nidra because it's doing both at the same time. It's really Mm -hmm. strengthening our connection to our bodies, first and foremost, grounding into that, and then being able to feel into the expansiveness of this deeper aspect of self that is outside the body. Um, But it's through the body that we get there. And so I always also like to integrate a little bit of that into my sound meditation by, first of all, um, telling people that sound is a vibrational experience that we that we feel physically. It's not just this auditory psychoacoustic experience that has effects on the brain waves and that does all these neurological things. It's also a very physical experience, especially if you're in the room with the instruments. We can still feel this virtually, but um, vibroacoustic sound is the sound that we feel. And sound does both, psychoacoustic and vibroacoustic. So I always also like to remind people to tune into that, to tune into the body, tune into where the sound is landing physically, and also maybe even use your breath, your mm-hmm. intention to move the sound around your body as an alchemist, as your own healer, mm-hmm. as like this, you know, uh, as an exploratory curiosity um, and a sacred pilgrimage around the form using vibration in this way. So I think that's also a really beautiful way to tune in and strengthen your connection to the body. And then you'll have that feeling of safety and security within yourself to be able to carry that into your everyday life too. Mm. Oh my gosh. There's like so many points that I want to hit on. (laughs) Wow. You know, yeah, I think the two things I just want to like plus one about are that yeah our society teaches us to give and give and give and give and give and not actually receive and that you know both sound and yoga nidra can be powerful ways that we practice receiving and that that can only happen through our bodies and that it's actually it does take safety because we can't receive when we don't feel safe and so both create these containers and that, you know, receiving has to put us in the here and now because we can't receive if we're worried about the past or the present. Um, yeah. And then the other thing is just like, yeah, you know, I, what I know to be true is that I, I am a spirit having a human experience and I will exist beyond this human body. And yet, you know, who I am is my human experience. You can't separate that right now. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, we can't, I think it's 
there's this idea of, yeah, ascending or, you know, so many traditions, the watered down version can mean that we're bypassing our bodies. And yet, really, we soften through our bodies. We receive through our bodies. We, like, it all happens through our body, even if much of it is in stillness and we're not moving and we're not actively doing. Um, so everything you just said just, like, hits so close to home to everything that I know to be true. And it, I, I want to ask you about breath work because mm. it seems like the breath is such a powerful way to connect to the body and it's through vibration. Mm. And so it's sort of like, yeah, I guess tell, you, you know, you touched a little bit about breath work, but tell us, tell us more. Yeah. Um, well, I, and I love that point that it's, I, I, it always comes back to both and for me. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll just leave it at that. But but yeah, I think um, that we live in such a divisive time of binary thinking. And ultimately, everything is kind of gray at the end of the day. Um, I think we have this Hegelian dialectic of thesis, antithesis, synthesis. And so we mm. bounce between things to experience the full spectrum of them. But at the end of the day, it's really integration of all. And it's the both and. Um, so it's the body, the spirit, it's all of it. And that, you know, you can't, you can't identify too heavily with anything. It's, 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 they're, they're all woven together in this beautiful tapestry. Yeah. Um, so breath work. Um, yeah. So I feel like I dance between modalities as I traverse this path. I, I find myself excited about different modalities. And again, it's both and because I find that the more you bring things together, there's never going to be one approach or one style. Um, you could go really hard and heavy on something for, for a while and it could serve you really well. But I think ultimately, like, we've, and we've done this with medicine, we've separated things out. We've mm-hmm. siloed things in such a way where we're not looking at things holistically and we get very righteous about what we think yeah. is the path or what is the way. And ultimately, the more modalities that I've trained in and learned about, the more I see that they all kind of come together in this beautiful way and I want to integrate them all. So sound was my first entry point in terms of facilitating and it's because it brought me so much um, deep healing that I wanted to then share that. And then breath work was the next modality that I received so much from that then I wanted to share out and that's just been my path and journey anything that has been beneficial for me I feel a deep desire to share I feel a deep desire around education and around reminding people that they have the tools available to them at any time and often these tools are free and breathwork is the perfect example of that because your breath you We have barely little control in this chaotic world. The only things we can control are our breath and perhaps our energy, maybe through the breath or through cultivating that connection to ourselves and and what's ours and what's not ours. But the breath is kind of the first thing and it's kind of the only thing. Um, it's It's this thing that we think of as this involuntary experience because we often are not thinking about it, but we can... Of all the things in our autonomic nervous system, it is the one thing (laughs) that we do have autonomy over that we can control. And then from that, it can then ripple out into the rest of our 
involuntary autonomic nervous system by then slowing the heart rate, slowing the blood pressure, lowering the temperature. So our breath is kind of the entry point to be able to control this involuntary system that's always kind of going whether or not we're thinking about it or not. So I love it because learning about breath work is and teaching breath work is a way for people to gain some um, to feel empowered about their ability to heal themselves, about their ability to control something in a chaotic world. Um, not that I necessarily think control is the best word because, yeah, you know, we also need to surrender as we've just talked about. But so with breath work, it's kind of this umbrella term to discuss different patterns of breath. Um, and I mentioned before that there is active breath or there is like more relaxing breath. The active breath work is what you often see advertised when people host a breath work meditation or session. Um, And that's pretty intense. It's not going to be for everyone. Um, I always say you get high on your own supply. I always also say that it's like 10 years of therapy in one go. So if you've been doing a lot of therapy in terms of like working with the mind, that's beautiful. That has a place. But I recommend that you try something somatically um, to integrate that experience yep. because you can know your patterns. You can know, you know, this dynamic that you're playing out over and over again. You can know the origin of it. You can know that this stems from the way you were parented or this abandonment wound or whatever, your inner child. You can know that and you can still relive it over and over again because yep. it's only on the level of the mind. So to integrate these things, I love breath work. I think it's a great way to to deepen your experience of whatever psychological thing that you're kind of exploring and and excavating at the time. So breathwork rewires our brain in a really direct way. When you introduce a new pattern, whether it's with breath or even just like taking a walk on a new path, um, literally, like literally taking a walk in a different way than you've ever taken a walk before, those new patterns create an altered trait which creates altered states. So this is um, something we see even like with dogs. <laughs> um, you're, they say that you're supposed to allow your dog to smell different things every day, to walk on different walks, not take them in the same loop every day, to try new things. It's really good for their brain. It activates and creates new synapses. It also elongates the telomeres in the brain, which is um, for longevity. So why wouldn't we be the same? So breath work is just introducing new patterns of breath. And um, this idea that after like certain age that you don't have the neuroplasticity to be able to rewire certain things or that you're stuck in these like, you know, in, in the yoga tradition, we'll call them samskaras, like deep psychic grooves. Um, that's a that's a bad narrative. Like we absolutely at any point in our lives have the ability to shift and yeah. to we have neuroplasticity. We can change our literal bodies, brains, everything. And breathwork is a beautiful and easy and often free way to do that. So the active breathwork practice, there's many different ones. You may have heard of Wim Hof. He is the Iceman. Um, He's amazing. His story is beautiful. I suggest looking into him if you're curious. There's tons of free breathwork out there in his um, lineage. But essentially, he, he kind of discovered... Uh, by over-oxygenating his body um, with deep breaths and then suspension of breath, um, holding out the breath and holding in the breath, um, that he was able to then withstand 
crazy cold temperatures. And then they also saw that his immune system was so strong from doing that that they could even inject him with, I think it was Epstein-Barr. There's literally a video of this online and he Mm -hmm. didn't get sick. So, I mean, you know, take what works, leave the rest, but look into him and that breath work I love to do and use. I think it's really also very powerful to notice in the suspension of our inhales and exhales how the energy feels in our body because, again, that's cultivating that inner silence and stillness. So I love Mm -hmm. the suspension of actually over-oxygenating your body and then sitting in that and feeling that and noticing that. Um, And being in that kind of fertile void space and feeling your own Mm. prana, your energy as it's circulating in your body and being like, oh my God, I just held my breath for 60 seconds. I've never done that before. And being able to feel like I'm powerful. That's already going to switch so much in your brain. So Wim Hof is a great method. Holotropic, holotropic, people say it differently, is another pattern of active breath. It's a three-part breath. Um, And I teach this one too. So it'll be double inhale, inhaling into the belly, inhaling into the heart, and exhaling out the mouth. So that one's cool because it's also the same idea. You're over-oxygenating your body. You're also breathing into the belly. I love this one because we so often, and this is what most breath work actually is about, is showing you where you're not sending breath or where you're not breathing as deeply as you can often we are breathing very shallow into our chest and this actually creates anxiety um people that are taking tests and all clenched and up and uptight they notice that they're only breathing up here and if they were to deepen into their breath they find that they're they have better test results i'm talking about like a written test or something Mm -hmm. they can actually like and then you're also not cutting off oxygen supply to your brain or to your like there's just so many actual practical reasons why a deep belly breath is really really good for you um so and you'll see this with like babies before we like have all the stress of the world that we're carrying in our backpacks (laughs) um, (laughs) babies breathe very deeply into their bellies and then we kind of lose that along the way so I love breath work because it reminds you to breathe deeper into your belly and take these deeper breaths and kind of just notice where your breath is in your body where you're breathing shallow where you're kind of like holding tension in the body too um and in this way it can be really powerful so uh I yeah when you do those active breath work experiences sometimes you'll breathe for like 45 minutes like that and it can be active I mean it's work that's why it's called breath work Mm -hmm. it's not and 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 something that's really cool about that is you kind of have to push through it no matter how many times I've done breath work I still even the beginning of the breath work session I'm like oh I I don't want to do this right now I just want to receive I just want to listen to the sound bath I this is a lot of work like I don't want to do this and this is that part of your brain that doesn't want to change that's stuck in its own old ways, that, you know, is resistant. Um, This is just, you're working that out. You're massaging that out. It's the left brain. Um, It just just doesn't want to do that. And after about five minutes, completely falls away. And that's when you drop into receiving. And that's when the breath breathes you. So a lot of people Mm. say that. So it's work in the beginning. And once you push through that, it's easy. So I recommend don't give up push through. It's so worth it. You're going to feel amazing afterwards. You're going to feel so good. 
Um, so that's active breath work. And then there's the relaxing breath work, which I often will teach in a traditional sound meditation that I'll lead, sound bath that I lead. And we'll just start with that. So that's just deep inhales, deep exhales, maybe slowing down the breath so the exhales are longer than the inhales, maybe doing some humming, maybe doing some alternate nostril breathing, which also has its own benefits and is part of a yogic tradition. Nadi Shodhana is is what it's called. Um, So there's a lot of different patterns. Um, Also, I love a deep belly breath. I love breathing into the heart space, in and out the heart. Essentially, these are just like slower patterns. They drop us right away into the parasympathetic, the rest and digest state. Mm-hmm. This is another hack. I tell people to do this when they're in traffic, in the car. Um, it really, really does change things. So these are all just tools. They're tools yeah. to put in your toolkit, to pull from at any point. There's so many different patterns. There's so many different ways. And so it just depends on what is best for you in the moment, what's going to be good for your body. I will say that the active breath work is not recommended for pregnant women or for um, anyone with any cardiac issues, heart issues. Um, But also at the same token, this is just like overly cautious behavior. So talk to your doctor because most likely it is fine for literally everybody. But, you know, a, 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 a... a facilitator in integrity would probably start with a little bit of a warning um, just to make sure that nobody is going to have an adverse reaction because it is uh, activating and it is um, kind of triggering a trauma response in the body because the active breath work, the whole theory behind it is that you are working yourself up into a fight or flight state because only from that state can you then tap into the other times in which you've built up a charge from being in a fight or flight state that wasn't properly discharged. Mm -hmm. And so it creates this kind of like uh, trauma in the body. Um, The body keeps the score. So it's a way of like getting into that same mindset to then be able to release it. So this isn't going to be for everybody. Um, And it's good to check with your doctor if you do have any any, uh, reasons why it might not be ideal. Um, and also it could be trauma inducing. So you want to make sure that you're in a safe container and that you're working with a facilitator who's trained, um, who's trauma informed and who's thinking about all of this, um, not to throw shade on anybody, but a lot of people will train for a weekend and then, and then hold space. And so I will say, be careful, um, and make sure that the person that you're working with um, that you feel connected to and that you feel safe with, um, that level and feeling of safety is going to be the foundation for everything. So, so yeah, those are kind of like mm. a little bit of touch points on breath work. And I definitely recommend just exploring it. And even just right now in this moment, maybe we can all take a deep breath together just to kind of land on that. So yeah, maybe placing a hand on the heart as a symbol of kind of grounding and maybe even noticing how just touching your body and feeling that warmth already creates a feeling of safety and security. And then taking a deep breath through the nose, maybe filling the belly to start, rising into the heart, maybe into your hand, holding at the top, and let it go with a sigh. And just notice how you feel after that deep breath. This is the silence, the space in which we kind of 
just take note. And you can do this breath as many times as feels good, but it's a nice way to just notice mm. how a little breath can really change everything. Yeah, that breath and that cue of, of the hand really calmed me. Mm. Mm. And I just want to piggyback on the on what you were saying that, yeah, I think it's, you know, there's not one somatic or breath or there's not one modality that always works. And often the lengthening of the exhales, those deeper breaths, like, that's what's really supportive if you don't have any breathing practice. And the more intense activating breath if you're actively literally activated anxious going through it that might not be the breath for you because it's going to push you over the edge and we want to be able to have enough stability that we can handle kind of unraveling a little bit and so if we're already unraveled maybe don't go there (laughs) maybe find some support um but to your point about integration earlier it's sort of like you could do all the psychedelics you want, all the breath work you want, but if you're not taking time after those experiences to integrate, to support yourself, to rest, to reflect, to figure out like what came up, what's, what's the lessons, like it's not about the peak experiences, it's about the whole journey and finding meaning. And so, yeah, I also just want to, you know, say that it's like you're not, you know – Going into altered states is only one part of what these modalities can really offer us. And the aftercare is just as important as like the big moments. Absolutely. Yeah. And I often say that there is like aftershocks when it comes to these experiences. It's not just self-contained in the, in that moment. Um, You might have more that arises in your dreams that night. You might continue to kind of process or release or there might be more that you're unpacking from the backpack. Um, so, yeah, go gently, go lightly. Treat yourself um, with ease and care. I, I, and I, I think that that's why often, especially if you ex- attend like an active breathwork session, look for ones that have maybe um, a sound bath afterwards built in. Or, mm-hmm. you know, they're not just going to fling you out into the world after that because it's quite raw. And um, you want to make make sure to integrate and kind of allow that all to land. Even after a sound bath, um, uh, a lot of when I trained in yoga nidra too, what what I learned was externalization is kind of the most important uh, yeah. phase, and that's when the, the facilitator is bringing you back into the space, bringing you back into your body, um, and and going really slowly and gently, so you're not kind of just like landing there. Uh, in this kind of frazzled state and then you might get a headache later. I mean, there's a lot of physical signs that you maybe weren't externalized quite enough. Mm -hmm. Um, and know that too for yourself. Like if you're doing a meditation at home alone and, and you immediately like get up to go write an email or to go do something, you might want to just, you know, sometimes that happens. Sometimes someone rings the doorbell or something can be jarring and then you have a headache later that's super normal because you need to have that spaciousness of integration mm-hmm. between states of being. Yeah. Um, even if you didn't feel like you went very deep, um, still honor that experience. It's the Om again. Give yourself that silence. It's like uh, Shavasana at the end of a yoga class. They say it's the most important pose. Um, this is where you, everything lands and integrates. So I think it's really worth repeating. Yeah. Hmm. 
Well, one thing I like to do with all of my guests is invite them to share a little bit of their work with us. And I know you have a little bit in store, but before we before we jump into that, since we're going to kind of be shifting a little bit, I would love to hear a little bit about how folks can work with you if they're interested. Great. Yeah, thank you. I'm so excited to share some sounds. Um, yeah, so I live in Los Angeles, but I offer virtual sessions, whether that is with groups or individually. I love working with corporations. I think that people in the workspace really need it. I love working with schools. I love working with hospitals. If you have any um, connections there, I love to facilitate in these spaces. But uh, overarchingly, I always offer new moon and full moon experiences virtually. I have a membership portal, um, which you can check out called the Sonic Tonic Studio. Um, I have some um, recordings that I'm going to be releasing via Spotify if you'd like to just be able to listen at home mm-hmm. in your bathtub on demand whenever you want. Um, I will say that the membership portal does have a whole a library of past new moon and full moon sound baths and breathwork journeys, but uh, also just to be able to pull up an audio file is really, really nice. Um, I do a lot of events in LA, but I also travel, I do retreats. Um, So I'm out there, I'm around. Um, My Instagram is probably the best way to just see what's coming up that week or what I have going on. And it links out to my website, which has more information on everything we talked about and my offerings. I work privately as well doing not just the sound and breath, but also other energy modalities that I've trained in, if you're interested in that. Um, mostly that's about kind of like grounding and strengthening boundaries, which I f- find is very important for a lot of people in this moment and, and was for me. Again, it's all, you know, what's worked for me and then how I can maybe hopefully uh, help people along the path, even if I might only be however many steps ahead. Um, and yeah, so so these are all the spaces I'm in at the moment. And so feel free to reach out um in all the astral, in all the astral realms. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I'll make sure to include some links below. And I just have to, you know, recommend your member portal because it's so great for me to just have two built-in breathwork and sound baths a month. Mm. And they're like an hour, an hour 15, and you get to do it from your own bed. And it's just like a way for me to have this baked into my life with at zero effort in a way that's very affordable. So highly recommend yeah Mm. I was I was a hesitant at first to do virtual offerings especially like in the beginning in 2020 when I was starting to do that but honestly people really receive a lot and it's really nice Mm -hmm. to be able to be in your own space um and you know you still get all the benefits people people really share some beautiful healing journeys that they've gone on so I I definitely recommend trying out a virtual sound bath, whether it's with me or someone else, trying out virtual breath work if it calls to you. Know that um, these can be very profound experiences and sometimes being in the safety of our own home, of our own bed, even going into the bathtub, like being in water, can Mm. deepen your experience. So um, I wouldn't discount it. I I would recommend a virtual experience any day. And it's nice to do a little bit of both. In person, yeah. virtual, whatever it may be, um, but it really does have profound effects. And this is actually studied by the HeartMath Institute. If mm-hmm. anyone's curious, 
always like to bring it back to some sort of data-driven piece. But the HeartMath Institute is really, really, really cool. They study um, kind of the electromagnetic frequency of our biofield, which is also known in the wellness space as the aura, but in scientific terms, it's the biofield, and how uh, even mass meditations that happen like Mm. globally have an effect on the Schumann resonance, which is the frequency of the earth, and have an effect on like like global, uh, like it's it's really wild to see how um, how interconnected we are, whether we're in the same space and time, and how um, transformative experiences can be virtually or even just with someone thinking about someone else mm. and 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 wishing them well. If someone's in the hospital, they've seen that that person like recovers so much faster when a group of people is thinking about them. So there's a lot. And the unseen, the unheard realms that the HeartMath Institute is studying in a very scientific method. Um, So check them out if that at all calls to you. The guy, one of the main guys is Roland McCready, and he's really, really cool. Um, But yeah, I believe in the power of virtual experiences. So get involved. I love it. Well, yeah, let's now pivot to what you have for us today. A virtual experience. This virtual experience, yeah. (laughs) Perfect. So, I am going to be playing some sounds for you, mostly crystal bowls with a little bit of other instruments. So, I am going to just step back behind there and feel free to close your eyes to lay down. Maybe we'll take a deep breath together before we begin. Um, And just see where the sounds take you. See where they land in your body today. I'm just going to mute myself momentarily here. Okay. So let's just start with a vibrational breath, with a hum. I think that a lot of times we don't think of humming as anything but a child, childish activity that we, that we don't really do anymore. But humming actually has profound health benefits. It releases nitric oxide in the body and it helps to open up our nasal passages and our sinuses in new ways. So let's take a nice, slow, deep breath here through the nose to begin. And let it go with a hum.
take a deep breath through the nose and let it go with a sigh. <sighs> Inhale through the nose, bringing fresh energy and oxygen into the body. And let it go with a sigh. <sighs> Last one, inhale through the nose, filling the belly, rising to the heart, holding at the top, and let it all go. <sighs> Just take a moment to notice how you feel now versus how you felt when we began. Maybe feeling into any spaciousness, anything that may have shifted. Perhaps starting to introduce a little light movement, exploring what that might feel like, twinkling the fingers and the toes. Maybe rolling out your wrists and ankles. Perhaps stretching the arms overhead as if it's the first of the day. Just exploring any juicy movement here that might feel nice for you. And perhaps stillness is still the answer there too. But if not, maybe you'd like to bring your knees into your chest if you're lying down and just give yourself a little squeeze, a little hug. And maybe thank yourself for making this time and space just to be, to receive, to connect, to experience, and what a gift that is. So just feeling into some gratitude here. And let's take one last breath into the heart space, feeling into gratitude. And let it go with a sound. And just continue to allow that to land and settle. Mm, that was so good. Short and sweet, but definitely blissed me out. Sometimes that's all you need. Just a little brief tune-up. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today and all the places we went conversationally and that beautiful practice. Thank you. I had a great time and I love to share these instruments, these sounds, these frequencies. So, um, yeah, it's my honor and privilege and I'm grateful to everyone for receiving and for connecting and I can feel your energy even in this moment now because time and space is not linear so I appreciate you and yeah thank you so much for creating this space Jacqueline for um, this conversation to occur this beautiful container your integrity and authenticity is so beautiful and I appreciate you so thanks mm. again mm, thank you thank you awesome well, thanks everyone for listening. All right, that's it for today's episode. 
If you enjoyed what you just heard, found it valuable, and want to keep exploring with me, please click follow. To help others learn about this, make sure to give me a five-star rating, write a review, and share it with all your people. To learn more about my work, go to JacquelineExplains.com and sign up for my email list so that you can receive life-changing somatic practices in your inbox. See you next week.